Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm Team Force always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. And welcome to the very first edition of the Kings of Chat Style. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, one of your co-hosts, the other one being none other than Wilfred of the Wilfred Watches program. Wilfred, how are you doing? Hello, you dirty scoundrels. How are you all doing? Oh, we're doing fine. We're doing fantastic. Welcome. Uh, this is a new podcast that we're starting today, aren't we, Wilfred? We're starting something new. We want to break out a little bit of the typical molds. Wilfred and I, we've been... Want to break free. Wilfred and I wanted to work <laughs> together uh, for a while now, despite, uh, despite some, you know, uh, issues that may plague our relationship. Issues? But no, we wanted to, to actually try something out, you know, uh, do something where we would talk about wrestling maybe outside of the usual formats that exist maybe outside of the usual topics as well that are discussed uh try something new and mostly invite people on here to uh to uh to join us isn't that right Wilfred I am so so happy to have some real star power on the show for the very first episode yes um and I mean, when I talk star power, I think of Smart to Death podcast. And I think of Anthony up in Waco, Texas. Hashtag go Baylor. Uh, Anthony has joined us uh, for this first episode. Hashtag chat style. Um, Warren, who's your friend on this chat that, uh, that you've uh, brought along with us today? I have brought along a friend. Dare I say, <laughs> a colleague, as well. uh, Kristen Ashley, who uh, who is the editor in chief over at Diva Dirt. Uh, she also contributes over at uh, Fightful.com and at DailyDDT.com over on the fan sided network. I am super happy that she came here today. Not only because she's she's uh, she's smart, has some great insights. But it will be nice to not have just a dude party going on here. So that's also good. I want to welcome you both, Anthony and Kristen, to the show. Hello, everyone. Hi. Now, before we go on, um, Anthony, uh, you, 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 you're one of the co-hosts of the Smart to Death podcast. Uh, you guys have really blown up like something... Fierce. I think you guys started in January, and you've become one of the uh, one of the most popular 
uh, fan uh, fan cast, I get fan podcasts related to wrestling out there. You do a lot of stuff. Tell us a bit about what you do. You and uh, what's the other guy's name? Kyle. Kyle. Kyle's the other guy's names. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Smart to Death is we like to think is a, a little different wrestling show. Uh, we're both big professional sports fans too, just like we are professional wrestling. So. We model our show after uh, some popular shows you may see on ESPN. So uh, we run down topics, rumors, and predictions like everybody else, uh, but we do it over uh, over three rounds. So it's pretty cool. But uh, tonight we'll be live after War Games. Tomorrow we'll be uh, live after Survivor Series at youtube.com slash smart to death or twitch.tv slash smart to death. There you go. That's fantastic. And Kristen, you on your end, you're a writer. You write things, you put words into sentences, sentences that can be comprehended by the uh, uh, typical person who reads. The unwashed masses. The unwashed masses. (laughs) And you just recently recently moved into this position of uh, editor-in-chief at Divider. Tell us all about your stuff. Uh, Yes, I did recently just get dropped into it. Well, I asked for it. Um, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I, I did ask for it. <laughs> Divadirt is uh, a site based on women's wrestling. That's our niche product. Um, so we focus solely on wrestling as it relates to women's wrestling. Um, you know, right now we're just trying to evolve like women's division has because there's been in the past uh, some clearly. I, I don't know. It, the, the site needs evolving. So I kind of put out there on Twitter that I was looking for like a corner of the internet to just fangirl all over the place about women's wrestling. And uh, the owner of Diva Dirt had contacted me and said, we want you. And then I had a phone conversation with Jason and um, he just was like, we want, we want what you write. So it's been a slow build, I'll be honest. It takes a while to build a site to what it needs to be. But uh, and I'm working really hard to represent women's wrestling as best as I can. Well, I have I have no fear that you're going to do a fantastic job because you already do a fantastic job over at uh, uh, Daily DDT. And I've decided so good. Good on you. Here, here. <laughs> Thanks. Dilly dilly. <laughs> no. <laughs> None of that, please. No, none of that. <laughs> it's, too, it's still too early yet. We see, we're this is still the first episode. Let's not uh, drive people away just yet. I've good. been up since four watching New Japan Pro Wrestling this morning, so Ugh. I'm wide awake. How was it? <sighs> it was. It was in decent. ten seconds or less. It was fairly decent. <laughs> Nothing mind blowing, but decent. All right. <laughs> Very good. Uh, to kick things off, just to get everyone warmed up, Wilfred, we had we came up with a with an idea where, well, why don't you talk about it? It seems to me I'm talking a lot. Um, I love to hear your sultry tone, um, so <laughs> not a worry. Uh, so we thought we would have each of our guests, including myself and Warren, bring to you a match of the past uh, month that we've seen or we've watched online, um, and we share that with you. That way we could all kind of have something to watch um, in the near future that we should go back in the archives and watch or uh, maybe watch this week when things are slow um, um, to really enjoy pro wrestling from all sorts of different places in the world. Um, So what we did is we uh, all are bringing a match to the table and we're going to chat about it 
uh, hashtag chat style about a match that we've seen this past month. And I don't know, Warren, do you want me to kick it off? You're so social. Hashtag chat style. It's, it's trending so uh, worldwide. So Cole. social. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like Wolford said. Yeah, like Wolford said, it's not necessarily a match that happened within the last month. It could, or it, as long as it's a match that we came across over the past thirty days or so, you know, just something fresh to our memory. But yeah, Wolford, why don't you? I'll let you handle this part. Okay. All right. Well, first of all, I want to say thanks to the folks in the YouTube chat. So thanks for hanging out yeah. with us. Um, people like John and Darren um, are already in there, involving themselves. So thank you. Um, so my match this month that I really, really enjoyed was a little ditty by Progress Wrestling. Um, they, of course, are the hottest British wrestling organization going right now. Um, they have a great cooperation with uh, deal with NXT, NXT UK, um, and their most recent event uh, before broadcasting this show was. Uh, Chapter 77, and it's called Pumpkin Spice Progress, which is so fitting, I think, personally. And the main event was their heavyweight champion, Walter, the giant Austrian, taking on Zack Sabre Jr. for the world title. Um, this was a technical, uh, brutal chop heavy um a lot of mat wrestling it was just an exquisite match and display of what i think of wrestling when i hear brit rest or british wrestling it was back and forth the fans were cringing at times they were chanting they were going crazy um it, it was it was a beautiful match um zach saber jr had won the Strong Style 16 tournament this past summer, um, actually beating Cassius Ono in the final. Um, so he has been waiting and waiting to get his title shots. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. failed, um, unfortunately, as Walter retained the title. But this went about 30 minutes. It was breathtaking. A lot of the reviews that you'll read online, like theindiecorner.com, um, all agree that it was one of the better progress matches that have ever taken place. Um, so that's why I picked that match. It was tremendous, and I can't wait to see where Walter's title reign goes from right here. Would you say that it was a bit of a, well, I mean, no, it is a bit of a clash of styles, but I guess they meshed really well if you liked it. Well, you know how you bring a, a big guy down, you know, talking about ring psychology, is you go after the legs, you go after the limbs, the parts that are a little weaker. And you know Zack Sabre Jr. is the best at doing that. And um, it was fantastic to see the interactions between Zack Sabre Jr. showing his cockiness and his confidence and then getting chopped the hell out of the ring. It was, it was a brilliant clash of styles. It, it was uh, a lovely match. And it really had that sport feel to it, which which I find I love about Pro Wrestling Noah and New Japan Pro Wrestling at times is that I love that real combat feel to a wrestling match. Well, that's really cool. And do you do? You, how long has Walter had the belt? Does anyone know? He uh, just won it in the past few months, I believe. 
Um, so he hasn't had it for too, too long just yet. So his reign is just kind of starting. It's still fairly recent. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll, I can't wait I'll... to hear what our guests have picked. They're <laughs> 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 <Yeah>, waiting. <laughs> Kristen, why don't you go ahead? Me? Yes. Right. Uh, the other Kristen in the chat right now. I also know oh. that Kristen. Yeah, his middle name's Kristen, so That's we're exactly confused. Right. Really? Right. In the South, they call you by your middle name often, so we're right, confused. Right, right, right. Okay. I, I never called Anthony Kristen. I don't know why I'd start today. I don't okay, know. Okay, go ahead, Kristen. It's a cool name. Editor-in-chief of Diva Dirt. Holy shit, then we'll be really clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so let's take you back a few years to circa August 2015. Um, my match of every month, actually of every minute of every day, <laughs> is um, the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, Sasha versus Bailey. Mm. Um, it's, it was for the, the Women's Championship, and I mean, I think, I don't know that I've met anybody that hasn't seen that match. It was pretty highly regarded as one of the best women's matches, I think, like, ever. Um, it was co- It was a co-main event. I believe the other main event was Baller versus Owens. I think so. Um, yep, ladder yeah. match. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a show of the year. Um, you know, I go back and I watched it this morning just to refresh myself. And I will not lie to you. I cried like a two-year-old. Like... <laughs> Leading up to the situation, the whole match was that prior to it, three out of the four horsewomen, so Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha, had all been pulled up to the main rosters, and Bailey was left behind. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big ripple in wrestling world. Um, and I actually, like, this is the first time, not the first time, but this was pretty close to the beginning of when I started to even watch NXT because I was just beginning to kind of get into wrestling. So um, I remember watching this live and just being blown away and having my brother, my poor brother, explain to me what was going on. Because um, he was and, the wrestling fan. What's that? Because he was the wrestling fan? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was not at the time, actually, like prior to that, a little bit prior to that. Um, I'm pretty new, to be honest. I, my dad and my brother watched it, and they kind of brought me into the, the wrestling world. And my brother said, you know, if you really want to watch some wrestling, let's watch NXT. And so I watched it live with them, and I mean, the match itself was so powerful. I mean, Sasha Banks was the heel at the time. She, and they didn't hold back punches. I mean, just Bailey, you're pathetic, and you're never going to amount to anything. And Bailey was just this this underdog champ who liked to hug. So, uh, you know, weird at the time. And, um, so going into it, their their technical their technical talent, their um, the match itself, the ability to keep everything fresh, and there's nothing really repetitive. There's no real lag or downtime. Even when they were outside the ring, it wasn't for very long. Um, even though Sasha could have been, there was no countouts. They didn't drag the match on for very long with big pauses. It was really just one after another move. Um, and what really stood out to me in the match was when. Sasha Banks tried to do her bank statement and then uh, Bailey reversed it and did one on her. And I thought that was pretty pretty clever and pretty tricky. Um, she won with a belly to belly. Bailey did. Um, but it was, I mean, it was really intense. The crowd was into it. 
like hardcore into it. Um, even Graves said this is the Divas Evolution because at the time it was still the Divas Division. Um, and and at the end when when Becky and Charlotte came rushing up and then you get the hug um, when Banks breaks Kafabe and and gives the hug and it's just all over for me. I just cry and cry and cry and um you know that you're watching history at the time like this is history um this is wrestling it was i i love going back and watching that stuff because it's really easy to get lost in wwe land and forget that they can wrestle i mean sasha banks and bailey right now are not really being utilized and so not properly kind of yeah, it's kind of nice to go back and get a refresher. Like, oh, hey, they can wrestle despite what they're doing right now. And and uh, and I think you know, you said at first, you know, it's probably one of the greatest women's matches of all time. I would even go as far as to say that this is one of the best wrestling matches. Period. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. this had so much. I, I, it had so much emotion and talent going into it. Anthony, did you want to add something? Yeah, I was just gonna say. You, know, Kristen said she's pretty new to wrestling, to, and I started around the same time. And actually, this match in particular is the one that kind of launched my whole obsession with a lot of different wrestling. But in particular, I'm actually pretty high on women's wrestling. I like it quite a bit. And like, this was kind of what got me back into it was Sasha versus Bailey. It wasn't Finn. It wasn't Kevin Owens. Mm. Um, interesting enough. But still, I mean, understandably, anyone who started watching wrestling thanks to this match, man, what mm-hmm. a treat. Uh, well, hey, uh, well, thanks for that, Kristen. And- yeah. Anthony, since you're since you're already warmed up vocally now, why don't you go ahead with your match? Yeah, so if if you guys listen to the show, then you probably know that preparation is not exactly our thing. So uh, I have a match. <laughs> I'm not as well versed as Wilfred and Kristen as far as telling you why I liked it, but uh, my match was from last week. It was from um, Global Wars, which for me, I, I'm big on those ROH New Japan. Um, crossover events i like them a lot i know that they don't typically mean anything but i'm pretty big on just wrestling for the sake of wrestling whether there's a story or not so uh, my match is jeff cobb versus evil Ooh. which was just fantastic to me I'm, I'm on this kick right now where i really like watching big guys wrestle each other i think i'm turning into vince mcmahon slowly so um but evil is incredibly good and he's someone that i've really start to like quite a bit him and ishii from new japan and jeff cobb's newer to me as well so seeing those two match up uh evil had a streak of showing up on our weight shows where he just doesn't lose i think this was actually his first singles loss on in an roh um ring so uh that was going for jeff cobb's got this massive push but they're both so cr- incredibly athletic, especially for their size. Um, Jeff Cobb is is impressive beyond, you know, what I expected him to be. Uh, the highlight for me was something I actually posted on Twitter, stole a little video while I was watching, was um, a suplex where Cobb just held him up for, I want to say like 10, 15 seconds. It felt like, it's probably five, but it felt like forever. Um, and the ending sequence was great, ending with Tour of the Islands. And my favorite call in wrestling right now is Ian Riccoboni saying uh, aloha means goodbye uh, as he hits his finisher, which is just great. I love that so much right now. That was a tremendous match. I saw a lot of gifts online about uh, that encounter. I have yet to see it. 
Um, I really like the hefty weight division, as uh, JPQ named it in the YouTube chat. Uh, I, I love some big guys wrestling. So I'm glad that you're turning you're, the corner, um, Anthony, on that. Um, you're so, you're, you yourself are starting to you're start you're starting to sound like Vince McMahon, Wilfred. Well, you know, it just kind of feeds through you, and and it's a it's a toxic uh, virus that. Uh, <laughs> you, you got him to watch SmackDown one time. <laughs> one time. It's corrupted me um, ever since. Uh, but we have one last person to chat with, and I, and I want to hear what Warren's match of this past month was. Um, speaking about a women's match, Warren has a women's match from a previous generation to chat Correct. about. Uh, which match did you bring to the table today, Warren? Well... In uh, I was uh, researching. I was I was rewatching actually some old pay per views for you know another gig I do over on Fightful Select where we review some retro paper retro pay per views, and we came across uh, we did a review for Survivor Series 1994. Spoiler alert: not a good show, but <laughs> during but the course talk of about it, what's that? <laughs> But you're going to talk about it? Well, I mean, look, let's put it this way. Uh, during 20, the, that's a 24-year-old uh, uh, spoiler. <laughs> Come on. I guess I, I guess I should have been a little more careful. Well, let's put it this way. If you want to watch Survivor Series 1994, more, all the power to you. Just keep in mind that there is a Survivor Series match where Doink the Clown and four little clowns, or three little clowns, are up against Jerry the King Lawler and three little kings. So... Be forewarned. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of quality match you're, you'll be looking for. No, but during the course of the match, they're talking about Alundra Blaze, and they were saying that she uh, recently lost her match, uh, lost uh, the uh, sorry the WWF Women's Championship over in Japan to Bull Nakano. I was like, all right, seems to me I've heard of this match. I'll go take a look at it. I'll go find it somewhere, and it's up on it's up on YouTube. It's easy to find. And this, it, it was astounding to me how great this match was, um, how these two women here were performing on the level that most of the men in North America couldn't even touch. Mm -hmm. They yeah. were doing incredible moves, high-flying and very physical, These, you know, Nakano, strikes like a beast. Alindra Blaze has had incredible kicks at the time. It was a really fantastic match. And on top of that, they did this at the Tokyo Dome. They called it, it mm -hmm. was the Egg Dome nickname back then. And, and it was amazing, you know, because Alindra Blaze, she comes out, her entrance was awesome. They had this incredibly huge ramp set up. And so Alindra Blaze's music hits. And there's a, a guy on a Harley who comes out. Then a guy on another Harley who comes out. Then another guy and another. There's like a dozen freaking Harleys that come up and line themselves on either side of the entrance. And then the final Harley comes out and the Lendra Blaze is sitting behind the guy with an American flag. It was spectacular, especially for the time. It was such a grandiose entrance. And um, and as far as uh, as uh, Bull Nakano goes, when you, 
when you when they she's actually at Survivor Series 1994. She does a promo backstage. She's interviewed, right? And uh, and she's basically you know this stone faced. I don't know if you remember how WWE WWF would portray her at the time, but she was very stone faced, expressionless. You know, she just stares straight into the camera, and she talked entirely in Japanese in a very droning voice kind of thing. But at her match uh, against Blaze, she was just walking down the ramp. She had a huge smile on her face, waving to everyone in the audience. It was a really strange dichotomy in the way she was portrayed in Japan on one hand, and then over here in in North America where she was this, the the you know basically the stone faced bull. Anyway, you should go check it out because it's really. It's really a testament to uh, how great the women were at the time, but just weren't given the room to grow, or at least you know everyone had to wrestle mula style back then, fabulous mula style, Warned, with a lot um, of hair pulling and shoving. Yeah, go Warned, ahead, Anthony. Uh, on, just to put it in context, oh, Wilfred. Uh, just to put it in context, the the level, the quality of wrestling in 1994, in um, that match compared to I just pulled up what was going on two months later in WCW at that same time period, and you had a match with Mr. T versus Kevin Sullivan in a three-minute match. Oh, boy. That's I, such a stark contrast of wrestling quality. I, I want to jump in here, too, real quick and say that I, like, I'm glad that you pointed out the quality of women's wrestling in Japan in the 90s. Because that's something that I battle with a lot when we talk about the women's evolution for WWE. It's like mm. WWE – and that's fine. It's their company. They can write their own history. But they say we're evolving women's wrestling. Women re Women's wrestling has been great for a long time. Oh, people, sure. people just aren't watching it. Like, watch yeah. Stardom. Stardom it is incredible. Just the gifts that you see on, the, on Twitter are unreal, some of the stuff these women can and, do. And just go back to 1988 again during the course of more retro stuff that I've been watching – Look at the jumping bomb angels. Those girls were fantastic. Mm -hmm. They really were. So that's my that's mine. That's what you should uh, right. go watch, folks. It was that's amazing. A, that's a really diverse group of matches that we all brought to the table. I'm really excited to uh, to go back and actually check out the Sasha Bailey because that just felt so special to me when I yeah. saw that. Um, so yeah, I want to relive some of those NXT events. So um, yeah, really cool matches, guys. Um, thank you for for bringing a little bit of context and, and such. Um, Warren, w we're gonna jump into our topics next. Um, yes. What's our first topic? Uh, do you want me to pitch it, or what? what how do you want to do this? Oh no, you do it. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm just sitting around pushing buttons here. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's my contribution. And it's not innuendo. I'm literally pushing buttons. Yeah. So we have a couple of topics that we're going to bring to the table today in this very first episode of the Kings of Chat Style. Um, so if you're watching, if you're joining in the chat room, please share with uh, your friends on Twitter. Um, come by, hang out in the chat, uh, and let us know your, your thoughts about what we're chatting about. Yeah, um, yeah but just a quick parenthesis. If you are in the chat, there's a lot of people. Chat is active right now. It's super fun. We've got uh, Melissa, Darren. We've got Joe, Jason, JPQ. we got a whole bunch of people chatting. And if you want more people to come chat, spread the good word. Send the, Twitter, the link out on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you share your social media stuff. Let's get more people in here. God damn it. It's the first show after all. 
And if da- if Darren Kirkby is here, that's how you know it's a good wrestling podcast because that guy watches and listens to everything. So just pointing that out for y'all's listeners. Thank you, Darren, uh, for joining, man, and being active on the chat. I appreciate that. Yes. Now, I'm sorry, Wilfred. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you were making a good point. What is it? Hashtag chat style? Hashtag is that chat style. <laughs> Trending nowhere. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I li- literally just spit take on my computer. <laughs> I was taking a drink. Language. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> um, okay, are we good? Old man Warren, are you all right? Okay. Just do your thing. I'll keep. I'll make sure we don't drown here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to say hi to Becky and Jake and Joe, of course, in the chat. Um so we're gonna we brought two topics to the table this week, and we want to have a little a little bit of discussion on the first topic, which is gonna be a new wrestling company. Now it's mostly rumor, just off off the cuff re- remarks by Jim Ross on the Jericho Cruise, where you know maybe we could uh, maybe somebody's gonna come together and, and eliminate all the BS and just make their own company. Um, so that kind of got a little bit of traction. So it got us to thinking, me and Warren, and we discussed, well, yeah, fantasy booking is lots of fun. Lots of great podcasts do that. Um, picking the talent is is almost the easy part. But what does it take to actually build a wrestling company in this modern era? You need to be able to stream. You need to be able to watch stuff on demand. You need to have a, a quality TV production. You see how amplified a little mic botch or audio issue can happen for NWA. No, my God. Um, and then you see something like All In where it's like 100%. It's solid. So it, it, your production value, the people that are speaking, uh, giving the quality, uh, the commentary, I'm sorry, um, and who's actually booking? So these are the things that I think really lends to if a company is successful or not. So that's what we're going to chat about in this first topic. Um, Warren, do you have anything to add uh, before we jump in? No, that's uh, yeah. Aside from the fact that that's it, I think we, we there's a lot. Uh, you know, like like uh, Wilfred just said. You know, there's the off the the cuff remarks that Jim Ross has been talking uh, talked about there's you know Cody who's been hinting at the fact that you know maybe he you know he wants to transition into something else you know after and, uh, especially after the success of all in and now he you know there's rumors that he's not renewing with Ring of Honor so you know what's what's the deal what's going on? so you know it, it it does bring up a lot of in, in in our imagination you know we all love wrestling so much we all want to see it grow we want to see our favorites uh get the uh the exposure and the t- and the, the the time to grow that we want the showcase the spotlight call it what you want so yeah like wilfred said there's a lot that goes on behind so what uh what's required well i'll kick it off and i want to hear you guys uh thoughts on this um so i think that if i were making a company in 2019 and this is my personal opinion. I want to hear you guys, uh, how, what you think of this. But I would like to start with a booker who doesn't necessarily have to be a wrestling personality. 
I'm a big fan of progress wrestling because they tell a story with a limited amount of talent that they have. And especially now, with so much talent sharing with NXT UK, um, NXT UK is essentially <laughs> an elevated progress wrestling event. Um, right. And I like how Jim Smallman, the, the hype man, the announcer, actually lends himself to actually putting together a really good storylines. You have Jenny, the queen, the progress women's champion who uh, had her amazing battle. She won the title off of Tony Storm um, after a lengthy uh, forearm injury. And then she built up her faction. So I like what progress has done over the past five or six years. They've really stuck to uh, character development and story building. And quite frankly, not doing what Rev Pro does. Rev Pro essentially has high marquee events, big names, but that's it. There's nothing on the undercard. There's no new guys coming through. Um, you just have the merry-go-round of like, uh, you know, Zach Gibson, um, Ozzy Open, and different guys going to different British organizations, but. Ref Pro doesn't stand for anything other than high marquee matches. So I would want to be uh, signing somebody who can book a story and characters from the ground up. Um, Kristen, what do you think as far as booking what you would do with a new company? Would that be as important as I'm thinking it should be? Or would your focus be somewhere else at the start? No, I think booking is really important. And I think some of the bigger companies, when they have complaints that their talent isn't being utilized properly, like I just did, it's because their booking is subpar. And there are companies that say they tap into the audience when really they don't. And so they're just giving you what they want. And I think as far as booking goes, it's important to keep an ear out in the public and listen to what they want. I mean, you don't always have to cater to an audience, but it would be nice <laughs> to at least recognize what your audience thinks about your talent because it, you can try and try and try and try to push somebody, but if we don't want it, we don't want it. Um, I, think it I think it's interesting that you're bringing up listening to an audience while your avatar is Becky Lynch. I think yeah. it's there's something uh -huh. very, very, <laughs> very, very, well, very, uh, I mean, that's example, like, at least the most recent example, right? Like, they try to turn her heel, and then they've done that with a few people, like, in the last couple months, and it didn't work. Pipe and, in the booze. Yeah, it just didn't work. So we, you know, as a, a fan base, just pushed back until, I think, honestly, WWE was like, all right, fine. And so now they've gotten her where she's still heelish, but we all love it. And um, she's like a baby. I don't even know what to call that. Heel yeah. face. I don't know. Tweener. <laughs> yes. She's got. Um, the, well, go ahead. Go ahead. That, no, I, you, go ahead. I got nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone, just go <laughs> ahead. Everyone, everyone talk at the same ahead. time. Chat style. It's very <laughs> obvious that Becky is, has, and I don't want to get off too much on Becky uh, right now on that discussion, but she's so, she's so bad that she's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it. Any booking thoughts, Anthony? Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting that she brings up listening to the audience and how that can like 
go different ways, right? Because we've seen some good signs of what you do when you listen to your audience, like All In. Wilfred you know, mentioned All In and how successful that was. And that is the biggest example of listening to your audience in a wrestling show, right? Like, it's got to be. You got everything you wanted. We got everything we want to see catered to that audience. But we've seen some things with booking where it just didn't necessarily work out. Like, Dean Ambrose was so incredibly hot before he got his title. He got his title reign. Everyone cooled off on him, and he got kind of boring. We're seeing the internet turn on Kenny Omega after everybody wanted him to finally beat Okada for so long. So um, I think it is good to bring in, uh, like Wilfred mentioned, someone that maybe isn't in wrestling, like that is different, is from outside of the business, that can bring new storylines that aren't just formulaic, that have, you know, you listen to the fans and then everyone cools off, like, I feel like wrestling bookers that have been there for a while, they know how to get the baby face or get the heel to the top, but they don't know how to keep them at the mm. top or keep them hot. Becky's an anomaly right now, I think. Yes, yes. I, I agree on that front. Um, well, um, would we, who, who would we put in a booking position then? Who would we... Who do we consider to be like a, a, a winner as far as uh, as far as giving them the book and creating storylines and making sure that uh, that the right talent is featured then in the right I, position? I think that we have to not necessarily have somebody in this this generation, but we need somebody who has the finger on the pulse. We mm-hmm. need somebody who has the finger on the pulse of the pop culture, of the society, of what's happening, what's fresh, what's new. You have a wrestler in David Arquette who put his life on the line last night for a Joey Janela booked event because he's got his finger on the pulse and he's doing what he wants to do and he knows where to do it. And it doesn't have to be somebody young or fresh or new. It just needs to have somebody who who knows what's going on in our I was, society. I was literally going to recommend David Arquette. Like, because I I want I watched Joey Janela's L.A. Confidential last night, and all of those fans there got what they wanted. And who the hell knew that David Arquette would give us what we wanted? Of all people in 2018, yeah, crazy. And now he's a bloody mess. That poor guy. <laughs> that could be a whole other show in and about itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Actually, poor guy. That's a that's a good point, Warren. Real quick, if you're in the YouTube chats um, or conversing with us on Twitter, um, if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us chat about or a guest that you'd like to hear um, for next month's episode, please tweet to us um, at Mr. Warren Hayes at Wilford Watches, and we will definitely consider it. Uh, so, just real quick, wanted to get that out. Good idea. Um, there's also an important part I think that's that's that we need to that we need to address too is uh, training, right? Because it's one thing to have it's one it's one thing to have your your talent there. You know, I know in the indies it's a little more difficult because you know no one is necessarily you know people move from organization to organization. You know, not all uh, indie promotions uh, have a performance center where they can send their talent because it's not necessarily their talent mm-hmm. to go and train and and build oneself up. But it seems to me if you're starting a new company and you want to develop, let's say, a style that will be pleasing, you'd want to get some you'd want to get some trainers in there to make sure that your that your staff uh, that your that your talent gets uh, 
uh, everyone gets on the same page, but then also continues improving and working hard, right? But they cannot necessarily be trained. Like I got this from we just interviewed Mike Quackenbush recently, and so if you guys don't know who Mike oh, Quackenbush, listen, listen to him name drop. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Big Shot. Well, okay. You know, Quackenbush followed me on Twitter this week, so eat it. Oh, talk to him. He's amazing. Please do. He's great. Warren, uh, Wilford's talking to him soon. But Quackenbush said that you know, okay, he, basically, I'm not that special, is what you're saying. Oh no. Right. He started. Uh, he started wrestling. Had no formal training, and then when. Like they had some some fallout where he ended up being this untrained trainer wrestling and teaching people at the you know at the wrestle factory in Fort Chikara starting a new promotion and really not trained himself in doing some formalized training. So I don't I feel like I don't know if maybe training is all that important because Chikara seems to be doing fine. Well, like let's say you you get a guy like you, you get like a Fit Finley, right, mm. or a Norman Smiley guiding you and teaching you psychology even when even when dusty was still doing it right when he was still with us and was mm -hmm. involved in nxt i mean you have having these resources at the tips of your fingers i'd uh i'd like to hear what Kristen thinks about the um the effect that sarah amato's had on the wwe and nxt women's divisions because that's a transformation that has happened since the Divas time that really all uh, most of the credit goes to Sarah Del Rey, Sarah Amato's training in NXT. Um, so I think that somebody of that ilk who's just just beyond their wrestling days slightly, um, much like a Cassius Ono who's kind of near the end of his career, or somebody like William Regal is a great fit. Um, so I'd like to hear what Kristen thinks about that type of person as the main trainer of, uh, of an organization. Yeah, well, Sarah Del Rey has gotten, I mean, for me, I think, like, with any job, right? Like, when you apply for a job, they want a resume. They want a list of experience. And it may not be specific training, but it's, like, how how long have you been in this industry mm. and what have you done within this industry? That's what a good type point. of matches? What type of people have you fought? So when you look at Sarah and you look at just the years, or oh, it's like over a decade of experience and all these different promotions and all these different types of fights, that that's something that they need to look at. And, you know, I think it's important, honestly, for any sport to have a very rigid rich uh form of you know like this is what you need for training and this is what you need for experience it's a job like any other job and it's it's also like way more dangerous than like my job of like serving coffee to you know tired people so you know they're, way, they're, they're obviously going to get hurt a lot more often than i would so um you know i think having like a, a very specific person like sarah to come in with with very clear um, you know, qualifications, that's like super important. And she is, she is super important to the women's evolution because it, it went from pulling hair and what my buddy Jeter likes to blame, uh, um, the fabulous moolah yeah. <laughs> for it's that moolah style. sort of, yeah, the moolah style, um, and taking it to something more, um, equal to what we see in the men's divisions. Um, and I mean, Sarah's not, she's not the first one to do it. But um, the way that she pushes real wrestling and um, 
yeah, it's, it's, she's definitely important to women's evolution. Absolutely. I think that uh, Melissa in the uh, in the YouTube chat yes. makes a great point about somebody like Christopher Daniels, who yeah. is an absolute independent wrestling god, mm-hmm. and the stuff that he's done, uh, you can talk about all day. Um, so yeah, I think names like that would be incredible. I think that's the the move, and even somebody like Joey Janela is somebody who can kind of play both roles. Like we're seeing Cody Rhodes kind of putting things together and wrestling. Um, it's an interesting time, but I got to tell you, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in here. I got to tell you, if I'm starting my promotion, I 100% want Cody Rhodes with me all right. the way at this stage. If there's a guy who better, there is no one right now. I do not think who better understands what the audience wants on one end, but also how to get to the audience. You know, I I would personally, um, in addition to Cody, I would definitely call in Dustin Rhodes as well. Yeah. If you could bring those two minds together and the work rate that they both have that they can blend in and lead to a new generation, can you imagine... That'd be fantastic. I mean, could you imagine if that promotion happens and Christopher Daniels is their head trainer too, though? Jesus like, Christ. Like, and then let's, <sighs> since we're fantasying right now, your your ta- your talent scout is William Regal. <laughs> That's oh. your talent scout. Yeah, can I be- just say? Can I just say in the chat? Somebody said cheerleader Melissa, and I would like to do a shout out to cheerleader Melissa. She is the wife of my boss for Diva Dirt, and that woman has done a ton of good stuff in wrestling and I would personally love to train under that woman. I'm sure anybody would. She's, she's awesome. Sweet. I'm bringing up two that are Melissa. Cool. Um, no, that's fantastic. Um, I just shout out to cheerleader Melissa then. If we, if we have this really cool company with a lots of cool names behind the scenes, how are we going to display this to the world? Would we want to go to a strictly on demand tape delayed service do we want to go with the live streaming um or are we going to go with just live pay-per-views only um i think the blend is fantastic like dragon gate has live events for an upper tier of, of of an amount and then you have a lower tier for only on demand i think that's a perfect way i i actually think that the way ring of honor does their stuff is pretty close to perfect i don't like that their tv episodes are so far behind but they show special live events that are just house shows that they make feel bigger and then they have those for free for honor club they have you know all the different ways that they show their product the problem with them is they're just not putting it on the right channels i think but what they're doing i think would make ring of honor incredibly popular it's just nobody knows where to find it do you guys think we need television these days yeah yeah you think you do we do you do too, Kristen? Yeah. Uh, I think if you want to, like, there was rumors for a while that, like, SmackDown and Raw were going to go to just Facebook. And, you know, like, my my father watches wrestling. He has no Facebook account. I think you have to have a blend if you want to reach different uh, demographics. I mean, if you have one very specific demographic in mind, go for it. And I, I agree. I think Ring of Honor does have a lot of good positive things but i will be honest i was trying to find where to get it on tv 
um, and had to ask like four people because it's like on different dates and different times. And mm-hmm. um, but I think the blend is really important if you want to reach a you know more people. And obviously, to the point about uh, somewhat of an older generation that's not with up to date with tech or computers you have to have it on a cable channel or a broadcast channel that is recognizable because yeah. trying to find pop tv or <laughs> yep uh-huh. or uh, what's the other one? access tv pluto That's, pluto's one yeah yeah you, you see I, I, think about how hard that is for somebody of like your mother or father's age. That's not right. easy for them, and that's a huge part of the audience that watches wrestling. So you right. have to have it accessible to every age and every uh, computer uh, illiterate <clears throat> folk. You know, I I really don't think television is necessary for any promotion anymore. I really really don't. I think that uh, there's a convergence that can happen. Like you can have stuff on television, have stuff on the internet, but I don't think a TV deal is necessary anymore. I think it's important for WWE because it's part of its business model, but I really and sincerely believe that uh, indie promotions can thrive using the internet because that's where the younger audience is watching, mm-hmm. the more savvy, the, the the hardcore crowd, that's where we're watching. And it will uh, and and we're used to using these technologies and the thing is is that they're going to become simpler and simpler i don't know if you guys have a chromecast in your house but i, I do and it is the yeah. stupidest thing in the world to do you just plug it into your tv you open up something and you you stream it directly onto your television so and i even got my 74 year old mother to use it so <laughs> that's that's how simple it is um I really don't think a TV deal is all that important anymore. I really and honestly don't. I think a streaming service is essential, uh, whether it's your own streaming service or partnering up with other existing services. I think right. that's critical. Uh, and I believe that uh, that holding your monthly events behind a paywall is also critical. I think that's a really like a monthly big super card pay-per-view, call it what you want. I think that's really, really important. Um, real quick, I'm going to take a pause in the action to say that, unlike PWG, we give this to you now, and we chat with you right now, live, free, no nonsense, in the chat room. <laughs> so, you don't That's have to wait. a lot of nonsense, but, it, you know. You don't have to wait three months for this product to come out um, on a DVD format. Um, you can chat with us right now, live. <laughs> In the YouTube chat, on Twitter, we're everywhere. Um, so real quick, if you do want to follow along, uh, hashtag chat style. Um, follow Warren at Mr. Warren Hayes. Uh, myself at Wilford Watches. We will give you all the latest information about uh, the Kings of Chat Style upcoming episodes next month. Upcoming guest um, topics, which we're, we're open to hear about. Um, and we're very happy to hear recommendations. We have a lot of names that are in the hats that we want to we want to work with in the future. Um, some of those might be listening to us right now. Um, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, so yeah, get involved with us online. Uh, please follow at Smart to Death, where Anthony can be found. And uh, Kristen, what is your hashtag? Uh, I'm sorry, or your handle? <laughs> Oh, here it is. Uh, handle, at, my handle is my name. It's super hard. At Kristen, Kristen Ashley. Ashley. 
with yeah. no e, with no e in that, no Ashley. E. So no follow, e. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna tweet like crazy. So you know, if we bother you, just mute us. Don't don't block us. Just you know, we're just really passionate. We love. We please love please don't block us. Please don't block us. Please don't. Um. So. We have another topic that we wanted to to run by you guys and hear about, and um, how how can we say this lightly? I'm not a big <coughs> Chucky e. T fan. Um, I'm not the biggest Chucky e. T fan. I don't know why. I think he's just. <laughs> why are we leading in with Chucky e. T? I just want to get this it's... off my chest. Real quick. He just has to say it once an episode. I feel yes. like yes. it's yeah. his plug. But, but I love Yano of New Japan. So, w- what is it about comedy wrestling or comedy antics, or what is it about comedy wrestling that it has people so divided at times? Because we see it in different organizations and it's utilized at different time periods. Uh, Yano might have a ten-minute match, which is fantastic, but then. You might see a three-hour Raw where it's just a bunch of joking around. So uh, I want to hear you guys' input about comedy wrestling and comedy acts. Is it good? Is it bad? Are there aspects that you enjoy or or do not enjoy? Um, Or am I alone on this boat with uh, Chuck E.T.? Well, I'm pretty new. I'll I'll jump in. Don't worry. Um, I'm pretty new to comedy wrestling, and like I, I mean, I've heard it. We have like a chat channel for uh, Daily DDT, and I've heard a lot of people bring it up. And so, prior to this podcast, I wanted to smart. I wanted to sound smart, smarter than I am. So I went and researched on the topic. Um, Laura over at daily dvt is like fantastic i just love laura she's gonna help out diva dirt in the future and she's she's so smart and she's got a piece on comedy wrestling and and the art of it and so i looked up colt cabana um Mm -hmm. and there was a match i watched within that article him and grant and i was really entertained i'm not gonna lie i kind of had like some you know, some preconceived notions going in that it was going to be just, like, sad and unprofessional. And it was really entertaining. I mean, they're tearing down that fourth wall. And um, you get involved in it because you're not, like... I mean, it's still wrestling. There's still moves. But you're not just kind of, you know, sitting idle waiting for the the win. Um, You're in it. And uh, I really liked it. I thought it was entertaining. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with comedy wrestling. It, it just kind of depends on on how far it goes, I guess. Like, I, I think if the wrestlers are talented technically, and they can, you get a nice blend of like some pretty solid wrestling, but with some some comedy spots. I think that's fine. Um, I think some promotions overkill it. Like, I feel like Ring of Honor leans a little too hard into comedy sometimes. Like, we'll see those ridiculous spots where you know they have multi man matches already, which are difficult to watch at times, and then we have a string of men doing a sharpshooter to each other, which is just not funny. And it kind of, it like it plays too much on the other side. I think I've like, seen that and it frightens me because it reminds me of the human centipede movies. Oh uh, no. Or uh, like that moment. In BTE. Oh. I have watched those. Gross. Why? 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 Yeah. Oh. 
Look, because what, it's what, there. What, look, because what me and there. Warren do, what me and Warren do on Sundays, are really yeah, none of your business. <laughs> Listen, I'm like horror fan number one. I live on horror movies. I watch horror movies Saturday at 9 a.m. I will not watch The Human Centipede. That's Listen, just... I think, I think in in horror, I think the ass to mouth subgenre is totally <laughs> oh underrepresented. <laughs> underrepresented. We don't need to talk about that subgenre. All right. Well, I, I get, where, I get where you're coming from, Anthony, because I have the, I have the, um, the, the. I'm pretty much on the same idea. Like I'm a big, big fan of Toru Yano. He's my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. I love what he does. And what I like the, I think when comedy wrestling works the best is when it serves as just a, a palate cleanser, a refresher. Mm-hmm. His work in the G1 this year was always a blast, you know, cause mm-hmm. he had the matches. Then all of a sudden Toru comes and everyone he wrestled in the G1 just seemed to be in on it was ready to have a good time, understood what the match was about. And he had, I always look forward to his matches in his block every single time. But then again, I mentioned it earlier. You go back to, you go back to 1994 at the survivor series where you have doink and, and, and clowns are us versus uh, Jerry, the King Lawler and his, his little people Kings. Uh. The, la- the match lasts 15 freaking minutes. See, I, I think Hurricane Helms is a really good example of a comedy yes. wrestler, right? Like, Hurricane Helms is actually a really damn good wrestler. But he's a superhero, and it's silly, but it works because it makes sense. And, like, he's treated seriously enough with this comedy gimmick. She's just funny. And Shane Helms is the best. And 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 I think, you know, I, you'd probably – maybe this is a bit – not controversial, but maybe some people haven't realized. But, you know, broken Matt Hardy TNA – was low-key comedy, right? Was that low-key? Or was it full-blown? Because people I... were taking it seriously. No, but the the, the difference between, let's say, um, Santino Morella and Broken Broken Matt, Santino Morella, everyone was just like dismissing it as comedy, right? Oh, okay, this is for the ha-has. But Matt Hardy, everyone was legit into it. I don't know if you came up to someone and say, "Oh, Broken Matt Hardy's a comedy act." They'd be like, "No, no, it's not." But yeah, it kind of is. I, I, I would definitely put the Hardys kind of broken universe uh, into that to that realm because it was so ridiculous that I actually went out of my way to try to find what channel it was going to be on when they mm-hmm. had that, that match. And it was the dumbest thing I ever watched, but it was comedic. It was right. funny. Um, but my thing with comedy wrestling is that I like it in small doses. Yes. Like, I'm not – I like my Yano in like 10-minute tops. Like anything beyond that is pushing it, and, and I want to throw something out the window. And Chucky e. T – Oh man! Is a guy. <laughs> he he is a guy. He, correct. He seems. Way. He seems like a great gentleman. I'm sure. <laughs> He's patting himself. Go keep going. <sighs> but a life of comedy is is tragic. <laughs> oh my! I what? <laughs> 
No. Oh, okay. But here's something I I, I want to throw in there. Like, I I don't know if people are watching on YouTube right now. We have a little slideshow of pictures, and I have Jim Cornette right ah. in this slideshow here. Boo. Now, don't start gasping. Oh, come on. And Jim Cornette is in here not because Jim Cornette is a comedy guy, but as you know, Jim Cornette loathes comedy and wrestling. He has said on record multiple times that comedy wrestling will never draw. There's no reason for doing it. Uh, and let's say, if we consider, let's say, Kenny Omega fighting a blow-up doll being a comedy moment, mm-hmm. well, in his mind, it's killing the business. I'd yeah. like to hear, and and there are lots of people, let's be frank, who share that same opinion as uh, dear Mr. Cornette does. Uh, for the record, I listen to his podcast and I enjoy his historical takes and his storytelling from the, 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 the territory days. I think it's fantastic. I think as far as a guy, as his opinion in 21st century wrestling goes, I don't think he has much to contribute. That's mm-hmm. just me. But just to say that, I, you know, I'm not, I don't readily crap on the guy. I actually enjoy him. Uh, but I think that his opinions on as far as comedy wrestling goes, maybe a little far off. I don't know what you guys think. He's a dunce. Yeah, people, <laughs> wrestlers that have their own cereal boxes will never draw, ever. <laughs> or give ne- out pancakes or, or play trombones or dance or call things booty yeah that definitely isn't a draw we'll never sell merch never no. never sarcasm Just I never, remember, there, there I remember when, I, when I first started watching the new day how they had that weird like preachy gimmick going on with the mm-hmm. choir and oh they were so easy to hate oh, but this so is annoying. very interesting though that we bring up the new day as a comedy act because their matches are not comedy matches these guys go right Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, well, I but, think I mean I think I think WWE doesn't really do comedy matches, but I like when they actually have fun with their gimmicks and make it fun. I mean, I'll take a pancake to the face. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I love the hashtag. Face. I think pancake. To hashtag the face. pancake to the face. Bring it. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like with comedy wrestling whatsoever. The New Day is a comedy gimmick, but they have serious matches. WWE does food fight matches every single holiday, every single holiday, and people watch them. They watch those shows, millions of people. So I, d- I don't, I don't agree with them. And there's always one person in the Royal Rumble who is eliminated goofily, you know, mm-hmm. whether it be uh, yeah. Chris Hawkins, uh, Kurt Hawkins, or whoever, you know, or someone Naomi. gets eliminated. Our truth. Uh, ladder match or something and he comes out didn't he do that uh he came out to a, a rumble match and he thought it was a ladder match or something or no the other way around yeah like, something like that yeah, yeah that's he uh, said my bad at one point he's good for that i love watching our truth oh he's so funny to me but uh, why do you think there that uh, and i'm asking my guests here wilfred because you're going to just talk about Chuck E. T. again. Why do you think? <laughs> uh, why do you guys think that uh, there's a, a rabid portion of of the fan base that is completely against you know goofiness in the ring? And the minute they see it, the killing the business uh, hashtag killing the business appears, and so on and so forth. Why do you think there's such opposition to something which ultimately is so harmless i think people take themselves too seriously um i mean the wrestling as a sport is serious i mean there are 
clear dangers to the sport. But, you know, I think it's just those fans that take the whole situation too seriously. I think that um, happens with – I just want to add to that real quick. I think that that, that happens to a niche product um, of any genre or environment. If you like this one very, very specific genre of something – and wrestling is very niche. I mean, when you mm-hmm. say wrestling, people will say Hulk Hogan, who's that John Cena guy? Or they'll name off guys from the 80s or 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very niche thing, and I think that a lot of folks of a certain age group or generation, they get very, very uh, needy and very defensive about their product. Just mm-hmm. like their bands that they loved when they were a teenager, it's their band, and they can't get too big because it's my, it's my thing. And I think there's a lot of aggressive, especially with Twitter now, that it gets a little out of hand, and the bandwagon... Mm-hmm mentality jumps on um so it's very easy to hate on something now i don't hate comedy wrestling i just don't hate chucky t no i don't hate him (laughs) i would just prefer it in in smaller doses that's all that's all i I agree with both of you i i think that people have in their heads a way that wrestling's supposed to be especially if they're hardcore fans or maybe puro fans um, that just want wrestling to be treated as a sport. Like they want to go back in time where the NWA was king and everything Jim Cornette says is the truth. Um, and that, you know, big guys fought each other and we all believed it. But I think it's important that comedy wrestling exists because kayfabe is dead. Like we know these guys are other people. Right. Like we know that they exist as humans. And the reason the guys in like the elite are so over with everyone is because they dabble in comedy because we know who they are. And I think comedy wrestling gives people a chance to kind of show a lighter side of themselves and helps audiences like relate to it. So I, I guess it just depends on how you, how seriously you want to treat this thing we all love. And that that's the thing. And this is the one thing that boggles my mind when people start talking about killing the business. Uh, the, 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 it would be impossible. Let in 2018, it would be impossible for any promotion to maintain any type of kayfabe, right? If Vince McMahon hadn't done that infamous promo back in the late 90s, where he flat out said wrestling is fake, and really decided to okay, let's just pull the veil back, we're done. If he he hadn't done it, it would have happened early in the 2000s because. Uh, the the minute that everyone's had access to Twitter, well, maybe the mid two thousands, Twitter smartphones, it would have been impossible mm-hmm. to keep to keep the veil up. And to me, one of the things that's most interesting about comedy wrestling these days is how how much it's an acceptance of this new reality. You know, of well, everyone knows that we're not beating on each other for realsies. That mm-hmm. this is predetermined, it's scripted, so might as well just have a little fun with it. And sometimes you have the impression that it just does it. It's a um, there's something very cathartic for the wrestlers doing it as well, just mm-hmm. to have like a goof off moment where they don't have to be uh, overly. Um, I don't want to say serious, but I'll use the word serious. <laughs> well, and I think it. I think it's all 
a part of realizing the talent that you have and the talents that they have and then utilizing those talents again. So like I think back to a a ladder match um like pre-show like pre-match and it was like Jericho and Dean Ambrose and Kevin mm-hmm. Owens and it was just like and like Cesaro was there. It's this banter. And I remember like looking at my brother like they need to start a show with these guys because it was just so hilarious. And I think they tapped into their talents and just used it. I don't think everyone's good for mic work in that manner. And so not everyone can be comedic, but if you have the right talent, you might as well use it. You know, on, on the topic of, of making a show out of something like the complete opposite of comedy and banter would be something that I saw before we went on air this morning was a WWE produced video that's about six and a half minutes long of Becky Lynch the day mm-hmm. that she got the the information about her face being broke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when the news was broke to her that her face was broke. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was so well produced that I just want to go totally off topic just a real quick second that something very serious where you peel the curtain back a little bit and you get into their right in their face when they're going through something dramatic like that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more uh, dramatic and engaging than a little video like that. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was just jaw dropping just to be with her in oh, that yeah. moment when she was talking about that with her mom mm-hmm. on the phone. Mm-hmm. It was outstanding. Yeah, WWE does a great job with those real like they're in this reality era right now. And when they do these kind of segments or like the Dean Ambrose thing that's coming out tomorrow night, that's probably gonna be really good too. Mm-hmm. Uh the Kevin Owens story was the Finn Balor stuff is no like completely off topic, but WWE has the best production value when it comes to that stuff. It's incredibly interesting and like just awesome, good quality stuff. Well, I think it's important to note that Becky is she's actually a trained actress. Um, she's gone to acting school. And so, again, it's just realizing their talents and then putting them to good use. Melissa in the chat talking about comedy says, um, comedy is also very nuanced. You can have a slapstick match and a food fight to a hardcore match and hitting someone with a poster uh, that has a stop sign hidden in it. You know, both have comedy elements. And that's interesting as well because sometimes, you know, when you're watching hardcore matches that have a lot of toys in it, Sometimes you're like, what? He just he just hit him with a floor tile? You know, it's like there's... <laughs> and, and, and at some point, you know, the, the cookie sheets, I'm sure, are ribs every time. Dear because God. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but, but then again, it won't be perceived necessarily as comedy. Like, mm-hmm. where is this line between comedy, what's considered comedy, and what isn't? Ooh, that's a good one I just dropped there on you, didn't I? <laughs> wow. After You are your biggest fan, Warren. <laughs> yeah. You've come a long way. Uh... I, I'm, I'm going to jump out here. I got two minutes of tapping myself on the back here today. <laughs> so, so you mean what is the line between like what we perceive as comedy and what, what isn't? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think if you get into the situation where we need to perceive whether it's comedy or not, that's the intention is for you just to look at it and decide how you feel. Like, I don't, I don't think there's a right or wrong if it's supposed to be like, if it's done that way and it's done vague, then it's supposed to be funny or serious to different demographics viewing the product. I think if that makes sense, it does. 
as I just don't commit to an answer, basically. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we're all in this special moment where Warren peaked, and it's a special. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, too. I think all downhill from here. It is literally all downhill from here. um, (laughs) Because the salt to my pepper just peaked. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, man. We need a reaction vid for for Warren's uh, peaking moments. Um, oh. He just pops the chat room, guys. Holy! What <laughs> <laughs> to say to that? <laughs> um, so overall, guys, if we want to wrap this, uh, wrap this Absolutely one up. Absolutely good timing to wrap this up. Yes. What? Uh, how about a uh, quick word? Uh, comedy wrestling for or against? You can't straddle this one, Kristen. I'm for it. I like it. Anthony? I'm for it, especially Chuck E. T. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> and Wilfred, what about you? If we had to go either one extreme to the other, I would say against. <gasps> oh. Chuck E. T is ruining everything for you. I would rather have my uh, Hiroki Goto instead of having Yano. I would pick Goto over Yano. Oh my God! We are going Never. to have such a talk after this show. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot where I have to choose an extreme side. And wrestling hipster, Will you are. Clinton. You are a wrestling hipster. Uh, hashtag wrestling <laughs> hipster. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed. I don't know if you you know Wilfred watches has an Instagram, right? And oh. occasionally Wilfred does post pictures of himself and his merch, which you should go by, by the way. Do you want to plug your merch? merch? Are we, are we, is this the moment where I soapbox? Is this? Well, okay. Well, just before you soapbox, then we'll get into the merch. It'll be a good segue, but I want, there's one thing that I'd like you all to do. Go subscribe to his Instagram. Then let me know if you think Wilfred watches looks like Trent seven or not. He does. He does. Right. Yep. I was watching NXT UK last night. And Seven was wrestling, and at some point, I was like, "Oh my God, he looks like Wilfred." Mm-hmm. Wilfred looks like Kim, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap up the show here. Yeah. Wilfred is done. Stuck. We're gonna wrap everything up here. I want to thank both um, Anthony Suter and Kristen Ashley for joining us, uh, Kristen. Yeah, one last time for all the folks listening live and in the future where can they find you on social media where can they find your projects and wonderful writing let them know go oh, okay. uh, Twitter at Kristen Ashley and Diva Dirt at Diva Dirt you can find my stuff everywhere Ev- I'm everywhere you can't get rid of me Diva Dirt Fightful sometimes with Sean Let's Me and uh, Daily DVT because Joe loves me there so look out yes. for me there you go. Anthony, what about you? So you can follow us on Twitter at smart to death T-O, smart to death uh, We are available everywhere you get podcasts. So it's iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We will be live tonight on YouTube and Twitch uh, after Survivor Series and after uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. So come hang out with us. And if you would like to buy a shirt, 
prowrestlingtees.com slash smart to death. And they're quality shirts, folks. I can attest to it. They, quality shirts. They really are. I I got myself a smart to smart to death uh, tea as well to support my brother Anthony. Um, and real quick, you can follow me at Wilford Watches, of course. But the reason that we're talking about merch, the reason we're talking about shirts and uh, digital tip jar and all that good stuff, is because we do this on our free time. We do this. Um, because we absolutely just love pro wrestling. Whether we are, whether my mindset's in Japan or Kristen's is in women's wrestling or Anthony and Warren's in WWE and NXT, we all love professional wrestling together and we like to talk about it when we're not at work or going to school. Um, so, any way that you can support us back, it really means the world to us because we do this out of our own pockets, except for Warren. Um, so. <laughs> so if you want to grab uh, a tea, uh, the ProWrestlingTees.com has uh, really good deals coming up starting this Tuesday for Black Friday. Um, so you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wilford Watches. I have some cool designs on there um, as well. ProWrestlingTees.com slash uh, Smart to Death. They've got some awesome tees. Um, and yeah, Warren, where can we find you if we're not already following your amazing recap show? Monday and Tuesday. Uh, where, can, where can we find you? Well, basically, Mr. Uh, YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That's where actually you're watching this video right now. So if you're here, why don't you go ahead and subscribe? You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. You can find me on Fightful Select, which is Fightful.com's premium service. I do retro reviews and weekly NXT 205 Live NXT UK recaps there as well. So you go over to Fightful. You sign up uh, for Fightful Select as low, low, low as five bucks a month and you get all the Warren Hayes buffet you can uh, stand to stomach. Um, and, and we are going to uh, also upload this as an audio format. Um, that will be on the Wilford Watches podcast feed, which will be going up uh, shortly this uh, afternoon. So if you can type in Wilford Watches into any podcast platform, uh, you'll have the uh, audio replay of this lovely chat that we had. So uh, please subscribe and hang out and check out the cool shows that uh, I have coming up as well and subscribe to Warren's YouTube as well. Next month, we will have another The Kings of Chat Style. Um, so send us your topic ideas, your guest recommendations, and we will definitely consider those. I'd say this wasn't a bad first show. I think it's going to be your best show. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, think, I think you've officially peaked as a podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm trying to be healed today, and it's not working, but I got my little bit in. So Thank you, Mick Foley, for the cheap pop. Uh, we appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. But, but, but no, I, I think I think this is pretty good, and it's only going to get even more awesome as we go on. And it's a, and and this is crucial, guys. Yes, we do this live on YouTube, but Wilfred is hosting all of the audio on the podcast side. So if you like to listen to this in your car, uh, on the go, in the bathtub, uh, in the bathtub, anyway, <laughs> what? Watching Human Centipede. Just no, 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 no. don't do that. We do not. No. <laughs> yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys invited me. And like for all of you listeners, I I talk to Warren and Wilfred daily. These guys are fantastic. Support all their stuff. Scream it from the mountaintops. And uh, yeah, do all that good stuff because they're great guys. 
You know. Right. Thank you very much for, for, for putting us over. That's very sweet. But both Kristen and Anthony, these they're fantastic. And you should go follow them. If you're not already, you should support them in any way uh, you can. And we are going to wrap this up. Guys, gals, everyone. Wilfred, hope you have a good week. Thanks, bud. And I hope everyone has a good week as well. We shall see you all very, very soon. And in the meantime, talk about the, the Kings of Chat style. And we'll see you in a month. Thanks for coming over, everyone. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storekeeper is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 response unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storekeeper is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you.